eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Always aggravated. A Mike Valenti signature podcast. So this week on Always Aggravated, well... A lot. Uh, One of the most depressing documentaries you will ever see, Surviving R. Kelly. It's all over the media right now. I finally got a chance to watch all six episodes. I talked to Roberto about that uh, and just the the depths of depravity. Um, And then also the Vegas recap. Me, Sully, Bogey, the annual game day uncensored trip for the NFL playoffs and the real cost of sports betting. And here's a hint. It ain't money. All right, so one thing I wanted to talk about this week, and I've brought Roberto in with me for this because he is our music aficionado, is it, in its dominated ratings-wise, has been the docu... Is it a documentary or a docudrama? How do they... Docu-series. Docu-series, that's the term I'm looking for. Uh, surviving R. Kelly. Now, look, me and Roberto are the same age. You, you grow up in the 90s. R. Kelly was huge. And then there was this renaissance for him in, in like, 05. But... You turned me on to this deal, and I I watched it. I I was on an airplane this weekend, and I know, right? This is is the dumbest thing in the world. Like, you're excited to go on a trip, so what am I watching? The most depressing docuseries in (laughs) history about the depths of R. Kelly's depravity. But but I wanted to get into it because I know a lot of people haven't seen it. Like, Lifetime is not a network that many people go to for really hot new series, but that's where it was. Now— I loaded it up on the iPad, and I told you, Roberto, I got to watch these. Like, I I loved R. Kelly. And one thing it's going to tell you is, what the hell were all of us, like, where were we mentally? Like, I I don't don't know. I know you've got notes. I just got done watching this over the last couple days. (laughs) You're still fresh on it. I'm still fresh. But, like, just an example. I don't want to spoil anything, but, you know, I I just, he got put up on, he got indicted in 02. For the, for the sex tape. And it, it was, I believe, 27 counts of child pornography because in the tape, allegedly a 14-year-old girl, um, sexual things, peeing on people. Uh, it just it, It's unbelievable. And yet, what was he doing in 2002? Singing the national <laughs> anthem at the opening ceremonies of the Olympics? <laughs> but it's when we go down the wormhole here, it's all about me revisiting my past and going, how did I not know this? Right. Or how did I forget about this? Or how did the world react to him the way they did? So I want to let you get into some of your notes, and then I'll kind of see where you take us. But 
It's it people. It's unbelievable. And even if you're not an R. Kelly fan, or maybe you don't even like music, maybe you're like my dad. He doesn't own ten CDs in his life. No, he probably doesn't even know who R. Kelly is. Just watch it. It's unbelievable television. Go ahead. Well, yeah. What's crazy is that you know when I first heard about this series, and I started watching it. So the you know the first part, I think it was like what's it six. Six parts. parts, about 45 right. minutes each when you get the commercials out. So the beginning stuff I knew about, I knew about the Aaliyah stuff and the, you know. I didn't know she uh, was 14 the, the, when he married her. Um, and the mar- the false marriage certificate. And I knew about the um, the sex tape and the, and the indictment stuff. Stop right there. Hold on. You knew about the forged marriage certificate? Yeah, I remember it being on MTV News. I uh, see. So you were one of the only the people who watched MTV News. Yeah, Got but, but I was I was her age at the time. But I, I was thought, 14 years old. <laughs> I thought Aaliyah was like 18 or 19, and it was creepy that a 27-year-old R. Kelly would marry an 18-year-old. Roberto, I never knew she was 14, and they forged a certificate. You know who one of the ultimate villains is in this documentary? Is his former tour manager. Right, right. That right. guy, I'm going to tell you, that guy comes off like an ignoramus and a morally bankrupt idiot well, yeah, in this deal. I don't want to spoil everything for people. Well, yeah, big thing they say, everyone says in this docuseries, is that, you know, R. Kelly uh, was never really good at reading and writing. So someone's helping him book flights. Someone's helping him write checks. Someone's helping him do these things. And those people are just as involved in this you know thing as he is. But and see, I didn't think they didn't, go, they didn't go deep enough into it. That's where they needed to shine a light on who these people are. Like, and I know you're going to get to it. Roberto, his studio in Chicago is like a military compound. Oh, yeah. This is, by the end of this, I was fully, just utterly blown away yeah. at what he's up to now. But go ahead. I, want, I know you've got your notes, and then we'll kind of, we'll, we'll go through some more. Well, no, what got me is that, so... Like I said, I knew I knew some of this stuff, right? So I'm watching the series. Now, he, now he, the thing that happened with me watching them all was that it didn't stop. <laughs> like, no, it was just allegation after allegation, and this and that, and just when you thought it was over, here's another hour. Here's sex, another hour. Sex with a minor, forged marriage certificate, like kidnapping against their will. Usually, that's know, rock uh, bottom. Nope. R. Kelly's got a shovel out. Let me dig deeper. Then the sex tape, hanging out at the high school. Then, then, you know what part really got me? Uh, but, like, this is all utterly abhorrent behavior, and you feel dirty. Like, I generally don't drink on an airplane. I was three bourbons <laughs> deep. I was, I was heading out this weekend, <laughs> and I needed a drink to take the edge off. I couldn't do this yeah, anymore. Yeah, it does get you really nerve, anxiety-ridden watching it. Had one bourbon per episode on the way out. <laughs> Roberto, Roberto I was mortified. But it also, like, all of these things, like, where was the music industry? How is John Legend the one guy they pull out of the clouds to talk about this? Like, where's Jay-Z? You know, oh, you can't please. call Whitney. She's no, dead. But, like, where are the people? R. Kelly wrote or collaborated with the biggest and brightest over of a 15-year span. Where the hell are those people? Well, like, a lot, like a lot of what? people say, you know how I said, like his handlers are just as responsible. There's a lot of people think that the record companies are just as responsible, too, because they're funding... Right. Well, this, RCA this still hasn't thing. dropped them. Well, they haven't dropped them, but they said that they are stopping any new music from being released by him until these investigations. But it's are 2019. He like the rena- Okay, so O2 happens. He gets put up on charges. That videotape circulates all over Chicago and then all over the and world. I've only seen screen 
captures I the video. I'm sorry, but the screen uh, capture no. I've seen, I'm like, oh, oh, that's him. I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. Well, I got, I got. Some, there's an, there's another, there's a number two villain in this deal, and it's a distant second to R. Kelly. But I'll get, I'll get to her later. The point is, Roberto, O2 happens. He's at the height of his popularity. O2 now, he's going to have a trial on 27 counts of child pornography because it's easier to prove and they were getting into some of the legalese of it. But bottom line, O2 happens. Now, I remember that. I remember I go, wow. But then this is what I don't remember. And this is where I go, what was wrong with me? He's singing the opening ceremonies at the Olympics up on 27 counts of child porn. Don't remember that. And I'll tell you the other thing. I well, never that's, that that's what he wants. And so my deal is I think that he's very very smart in the way that he for all the sex songs he has, you know, uh feeling on your booty and uh you know, all these like, you know, bump and grind and all these real overtly sexual lyrics. He also will double down on that with songs like I believe I can fly and uh, he'll do songs I for, wish he'll do songs for the soldiers in Afghanistan and he'll, he'll know, do step in the name step of love happy people yeah which is a wedding anthem right so I think he's so smart in that way to to get that mainstream audience and but, sort of divert your attention I remember it was like 05 I think he came out with the ignition the remix to ignition and then he came out with um God, like he did that Cassidy song, Hotel. He had a bunch of them. He had Go Getter with Young Jeezy, 05, 06. Roberto, I never, I never realized the trial got delayed six full years. I never, yeah. it's almost like it went away. It's almost like I was like, okay, dude's not in jail. I guess he beat the rap. Maybe it wasn't him. But it, and no one stopped working with him. Well, that's, see, now you're getting into something that, that watching it, I, I just can't believe. How along the line, if publicly we knew, hey, at a minimum, this dude's a creep, and at a maximum, this dude is a pedophile, right? Is that, is that a fair kind of scope of, of levels here? Allegedly, yes. <laughs> People in the industry knew. Now, it's one thing for RCA to go, okay, this guy's a pedophile and a scumbag, but he's making us hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't expect the music industry to ever do what's right. No, so what happens was, yeah, what happens is the record label will say, well, what's with this R. Kelly guy? What's with all these allegations stuff? And, you know, they, the record company will get asked, so what, what do we do? Do we drop them? And then they'll, 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 they'll hand out the president of the record company a piece of paper. Well, here's what he's generated for us in the past 10 years. And I'm like, oh, well, uh, no, 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 we don't want to drop him. Oh, and he's, but, work, uh, <laughs> and he, and, and he's working with, uh, you know, Jay-Z coming up? Two albums with Jay-Z he's done. He's done a collaboration with Lady Gaga in 2013. He's worked with Celine Dion. Who, by the way, uh, pulled? Uh, she pulled her collaboration with him off all streaming right here. services. Here's what I say: you know, get, get out of here. Now, with also, that. Apple Music and Pandora have pulled all R. Kelly's music. No, I now hold on, time out. The way I understood it in the documentary is, things like Pandora, things like Spotify, have pulled the music from playlists, from suggested curated playlists. No, Spotify still, I think, are holding that they're keeping everything. Right, the music's still there. Yeah, but you're not going to be able to. Put a playlist there. You have to seek it. Correct. Right. So no offense to any of these groups, but I love how everyone tries to come out and act like a hero. There's no winners in this. All <laughs> of us are idiots. Yes. Because I never like I like when he did that trapped in the closet thing. His see, I was already out by that point. I was like, he was whack to me. I, you know, I, I was done by that point. I Plus think, one for you using the word whack in the pod. 
But <laughs> no, what really got to me in all seriousness was A, not just me or you, who the hell are I? But as as music people, you you listen and maybe you lose track of where things are, but how could the world have reacted that way? I, I thought it really shined a light on us with where we were and where we are. Like, think about now, R. Kelly being up on child porn charges, 27 charges, where everybody and their mother thought he was going to jail. But yet, he'll be at the, the, the Summer Olympics this year singing in Beijing. It would never happen. Well, it shows you this is one case, I believe, where social media and technology is maybe doing a good thing by finally using its power to, you know, pull the rug out from this guy. <laughs> it's but, uh, the the other thing too and I again, I kind of have lost track of him. He hasn't been relevant in a long time. No, his last album came out in 2015 and was the lo lowest selling album of his career. Easily. Yeah. The point is when the update came out and I forget if it was Huffington Post or who had it about the you know splashy headline R Kelly's running a sex cult. Okay, I wasn't really thrown off by that, but what I was thrown off by was when you started reading and then you watched this documentary. And I forget who said it. They had a couple of really good psychologists that were on there. Yeah, they or did. psychiatrists. Yeah. And it it was one of them that said this is simply the natural progression of basically a sociopath. How it had started that he had you know, uh, interest in younger girls. Then it was acting on interest. Then it was preying that on young enough, girls. Right. right. And, then it, and it, the, then it was the videotaping. And then the it was... Demeaning and the kidnapping, you know. The, all of it. And right. now it's manifested itself in this guy is... I, I'm sorry. It is my opinion. I don't want to get in trouble. You, and I, I'm trying... Am I doing an effective job or am I ruining this for people? But I'm trying to give them enough to, to where I want I them think to we've watch. All seen, yeah, I mean, I think everyone's kind of aware of but everything. But when you see... I mean, you controlling when women are allowed to go to the bathroom, when they're allowed to eat, eat. keeping them in rooms with buckets. People, you're running a cult. The, and then this is the best part. All R. Kelly does at every turn is just go, oh, no, that's all untrue. It's all a lie. Well, what's untrue? We're telling you what's going on. <laughs> yeah, Do you right. care to go down the laundry yeah. list? All right, a quick break just to talk about our launch sponsor. It's the D Las Vegas. You're looking to get away, relax, have a good time. D Las Vegas has everything you need. I mean, hell, we're there every March for March Madness. And as I've said before, there ain't no better setup. On the strip, off the strip, it don't matter. Go to the D, go to that chalet upstairs, and ain't nothing better. Bottom line, next time you go to Vegas, check out the D.com. Completely renovated. Downtown is not what you remember. Hell of a lot of new places. It's it's a damn good time. There's really no other way to put it. And again, the D has everything you need. You're not going to spend a ton of money on the room. Take that money and go do fun things with it. Do what Sully does. Make a bunch of losing basketball bets. Or, well, or for Sully, fall asleep on the horse racing machine on the second floor vintage casino. The bottom line, the D's got it all. They got the sports book. They got the long bar. They got it all. Check it out. TheD.com to book your stay today. It's the D.com, the D Las Vegas. And as you know, it is your home for Detroit sports in Vegas. The other thing that got me, Roberto, when, when they were doing the trial, I don't remember the trial at all. Don't remember being covered. Don't, don't remember either. seeing it. But what's R. Kelly do? R. Kelly gets out of this, right? Gets acquitted. They say, well, and first of all, you'll never convince me the young lady and her family were not given an unbelievable sum of oh, money. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. 
everybody and their mother said, that's the girl and that's him. Yeah, and then they said in there, too, that the father of that young girl in that video subsequently went on to uh, get, like, um, songwriting credits from, on R. Kelly. Style, that he, he was played a, bass he on was a guitar songs. player. Right. <laughs> and the family's like, he didn't play guitar. But my point is, he just gets acquitted. What does he immediately do? Immediately picks up. A 16-year-old girl who showed up at the trial as a supporter. A supporter. He then prays. I don't even want to say picks up. He prays on her, brings him to the house, has sex with her, then asks his, her age. He then just goes, tell everyone you're 19. I mean, people, if you haven't watched it. He's just doubling down. Doubling, <laughs> doubling down. <laughs> doubling insanity. down. Doubling down. It you, is. You think if you were acquitted on all those charges, I would move to... Uh, <laughs> You know, Antigua or something. No, so far. Did you see the shit that's out now that he may relocate to Africa? Oh my god! Who the hell wants him anywhere? But it is. It's unbelievable. It's chilling. It's. I can't even believe the depths of his depravity. But it's what I said to you, Roberto. I don't understand where the music industry was. Where was the planet? Like how? How all of a sudden did the Aaliyah thing just go away? His because like. The Aaliyah thing went away because around around the same time, or you know, within less than a year of that, he's writing with Michael Jackson. He's doing remixes for uh, Janet Jackson. He's, you know, he's all over the place. So uh, he wins he wins three Grammys. So once you get to that status, everything is but, is but understand wiped out. You, how does he ever get to that status, bro? You married or attempted to marry a 15-year-old girl by forging a marriage certificate. Plug is pulled right there. Never happens. Then he goes on to even bigger stardom. The tape surfaces around 2000. The trial, the charges begin in 02. While the trial's delayed for 27 counts of child pornography, and everybody in the industry knows, at a minimum, R. Kelly likes young girls, and at a maximum, he's out here statutory raping underage children. Bro, he then releases, you know, his chocolate yeah, factory. He gives, and he gives himself the moniker the Pied Piper. Which, you know what? <laughs> and I'll say, like you said, I was I was blind to the fact. Never I didn't know knew. what the hell that meant at the Never time. Never knew who the Pied Piper was. What the hell does that mean? I just thought Pied Piper was the company in the like, Silicon like Valley. Like he was the best or something. <laughs> No, no, it's a guy who played yeah, a flute, flute and led children to slaughter who oh, never were to appear oh, oh, again. Oh, 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 I mean, it's God. people, it's chilling. Self-proclaimed. And I know the younger audience won't appreciate it because R. Kelly's fame doesn't resonate now, but man. But let's just say it was the Aaliyah thing alone. Um, he's not alone in that. You know, I went and looked back. You know that, you know. Elvis Presley was dating Priscilla when she was like 14 years old. Was it okay? Jerry Lee Lewis? Yeah, Jerry Lee Lewis. Uh, remember, there was a time where in the 90s, Jerry Seinfeld was dating a 17-year-old girl. Yeah, oh, uh, show, uh, Shoshana Longstein. But, okay, but how does that happen? In the 70s, Ted Nugent had a 17-year-old girl's parents sign over guardianship to how? him. <laughs> so he could bring her on the road. What about Mick you Jagger? Know, yeah, well, the guy from Bill Wyman from the Rolling Stones was dating a girl who was 13, waited till she was 18, and then married her. Oh, my God. Um, but that's what I'm saying. So when does it stop? So I can't listen to R. Kelly anymore, but does the, the, the Me Too movement also move that I can't listen to the Rolling Stones anymore? I can't listen to Ted Nugent anymore? 
you know, one of my favorite bands ever, Kiss, in the 1970s, had a song called Christine 16. Oh, there's a lot of songs where, out where there. Where they're talking about waiting for a girl to come out of school. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I, it, it, it's, it's David, crazy. David, what were your thoughts on the documentary overall? I was mortified. I'm going to be honest. I can't watch it. I just can't watch it. Knowing what he's done and being alleged to do, I don't even want to watch you, you it. You have to. But you said that you've always known it. Oh, yeah, I've always known it. I mean, AJ number but a number? I mean, <laughs> yeah, come on, right in your face, right? No, no, and then that's that's what Roberto and I are coming away with this from is David. <laughs> I never realized as somebody who always liked R. Kelly, not mm -hmm. the human being, but his music was awesome. Like yeah. I, I don't lie about it. He's a it. genius musically, right? But like I never realized. Oh, two, the charges come down. Mm -hmm. He's singing in the opening ceremonies of the Olympics. How does that happen? How does it happen? How does the Aaliyah thing just happen? Bro, you well, married a 15-year-old. Right. You forged a marriage certificate. Right. And it just, it, 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 it wasn't career-ending. It was the Aaliyah thing. Right. And then the trial gets delayed six years, and I fully admit this. I am guilty as charged, okay? I guess I just either forgot or I thought he beat the rap because you never heard about it again. A and he's out forgot. He's out here in 05 and 06 releasing Remix to Ignition yep. and working with Young Jeezy. And he worked with Lady Gaga. Yeah, I mean, he's... So that's later on. Right, but like... Well, yeah, they said as the charges came out and the video came out, coincided with that Chocolate Factory album, which debuts at number one. Yeah. Right. And it's... You think about where the world was. We're not talking 1980. We're talking recent. Look where we are now. David, any one of these things would have launched him into space and or jail. He's done all of these things. And then 17 happens. And I remember reading, I think it was Huffington Post. Yeah. R. Kelly's operating a sex cult. And me sitting here as a person, I wasn't shocked by it. I went, okay, well, let me read this. David, you've got to finish watching it. You have to. Well, here's here's the thing, and Roberto's right. I knew and heard before 20, uh, 2002 when the allegations came out, I had already heard that he liked to hang out at the mall. You know, he's this super famous guy, writes songs for all kind of I artists. I never knew it. And this grown man wants to hang out at the mall all the time. I had already heard about that. But to be honest, I'm a hypocrite. Because, yes, I knew about that, still listened to his music, just kept listening, kept listening, and then the sex slave thing came out. Then I was like, I'm done. But I had already listened to years and years. You respected him as a USBL uh, champion, <laughs> basketball, <laughs> three-time champion. Well, that's the other thing. Like I, I remember the Brooklyn Nets had R. Kelly out to sing the national anthem like yeah. last year. Yeah. Like I, and I understand people are canceling concerts and there's the mute R. Kelly movement. I understand no, that things, things are, are in motion. Things yeah, but are Roberto, time up. Time up. Let's think about this again. 2017, I think. The Brooklyn Nets have R. Kelly to sing the national anthem. What you you aren't aware of all this stuff. There's a difference as a human being listening to his music and then forcibly paying a man to do a concert or do a performance, true mm -hmm. or false. We're all hypocrites in that regard. Oh, yeah. But, like, the Aaliyah, I thought she was 18. I went, wow, that's kind of weird, like, 27-year-old dude marrying an 18-year-old. Yeah, no, she wasn't 18. She no. was 15. Yeah. But what? this is where, Roberta, this is where I'm at, too. There's two key points I want to talk to both of you about. A, I wanted more on his inner circle. I wanted more on the people that were empowering a oh, borderline. No, it's not about talking. It's about finding out who they are and exposing them. Yeah. This is a borderline illiterate man who was able right. to go out and, and, and find his way never in jail. Who was helping him? 
You mean to tell me this is the guy who's making phone calls to hire the right legal team? You're right. This is the guy who's right. got a game plan? Flying girls all over the United States from yeah. this hotel. Here was hotels. the second part. The second part, and this is the second biggest villain in this, and it's a distant second. But I, I hate the fact that they were talking to this former backup singer, Sparkle, and they painted her out like she can't be bought. And she's got this compass. She introduced her niece to R. Kelly. She is from Chicago. Mm -hmm. She knew what was going on. And she admits, admits, she introduced her niece because it'd be good for her career. And then later she's crying, I never should have done it. Well, no shit, lady. No shit. She took her eyes off of her for two seconds. That's all it took. And she was, <laughs> she, yeah, she tells a horrifying story it's about all of a sudden. Her niece, who I believe was 14 at the time. Oh, man. Is at the studio alone. And she goes, what are you doing here? She goes, oh, I'm hanging out with Kells. We're going to the Halloween party. At that point, Auntie Sparkle needs to grab her niece and just by her hair, drag her out, and drag her out and go, You are never returning here again. So, look, I don't wish any of that on anybody, but I'm just going to tell you, I got a hard time listening to Sparkle as someone who wants to inform and do all this stuff and go, Wait a second, you brought your niece into this and you knew. Well, I saw a social media video. I don't know if, if it's Kale's. Ex-wife or wife or whatever. Andrea. Is it Andrea Davis. Kelly? Yeah, I heard mm. she was crying on this documentary, but that this social media video, she was defending him after the documentary was out. So what's going on here? Is she really sad and a victim of this? Look, here's or the bottom line. What? This man destroys people. He destroys people. And, like, what I hate is when you always hear this stupid refrain in 2018, oh, why, hey, why didn't the lady just leave? Mm. Like, the stat was in there. I mean, it takes a, a, a victim of domestic abuse, domestic violence, on average, seven to ten attempts of running away mm -hmm. to actually stay away. Yeah. Okay? None of us are qualified to have that discussion. The, the question I do wonder about is, how is it possible? And I know, I, I just, I have to say this because, look, it's just, fuck it, it's how I feel. How is it possible she was married to this man and knew nothing? That these girls were in her very house, mm -hmm. no matter how big the home is. Is it wrong? And I know. Oh, he kept me locked in the room, and I had to ask for permission to go to the bathroom and permission to eat. I understand the setup of it. But is it wrong that I look at it and I go, you had three children by this man, mm -hmm. that, that you lived in this home. How is it possible she knew nothing? Not everything. Nothing. I struggle with that. I think that some people will trade freedom. And respectability for a big house and cars well, and money. It's funny you say that because in that social media post, that video, she did say that no matter what he went through, he still took care of the family. Took care of the kids, worked hard, did all this. So it's you're right, Roberto. No, yeah, but that's not true because he's deadbeat. He's in arrears with his exactly. child support. Exactly. Because in the documentary, she goes on there and cries. And justifiably so, mind you, mm -hmm. that he stopped paying child support. She doesn't have any money. He doesn't go to birthdays, graduations. I guess ultimately, here's here's kind of what we look at. It is it has painted a picture of R. Kelly that he is arguably one of the worst human beings I have ever heard of. Yeah, a complete sociopath. 
Yeah. A man who has destroyed lives, who possibly, I have to say possibly because he's never gone to jail, even though we think we know, preys on children, preys on women, you know, and I don't even think we, we even need to add on the child support stuff and, yeah. and, and the domestic it's, it's violence. Enough it's bad enough with yeah. one incident, but when you put it all together, ultimately, we as a society, we were out to lunch, but the music business mm. is who it shines a real now, light on there. Let me read you this, because I think this is something that his camp or the record company or something, they want to feed you these little droplets of things. So, they, you know, in 2003, Kelly released the single Soldier's Heart and donated all the proceeds of the song to the families of American mm -hmm. soldiers. Uh, he also released the song Rise Up for Virginia Tech after a school mm -hmm. shooting and donated 100% of the net proceeds to the families uh, of what the about, massacre's victims. What about I Believe I Can Fly? That movie for Space Jam. When that right at out. the height of his hip thrusting on stage yep. <laughs> and borderline opening, pulling his balls out of his pants at concerts, he releases I Believe I Can Fly, which mm -hmm. ends up an anthem in black churches yes, around the does. country. Yes, it, it does. Yes, it does. Like, the, the calculated level, the calculus of this man. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, if you haven't watched it, watch it. I, and I, you're not going to feel good about yourself. Possibly pour a drink. I did. But I watched all six episodes on the way there and on the way back. I'm telling you. And let me say, too, that if you don't know R. Kelly or you're one of these guys that, you know, you weren't in the 90s or into R&B music or whatever, let me, let me just say this. This guy has sold over 75 million records worldwide. He sold as many records, the same amount of records as Tupac. Bob Marley and Nirvana. Oh my God! He's in the top wow. 100 best-selling artists of all time. And put it into perspective, he sold 75 million. Like like the Beatles, Elvis, Stones have sold in excess of 250 million. So, but you know, it just tells you where he's at on that list. It's incredible. And shame, honestly, shame on the music industry. Like I laugh, Celine Dion. You worked with oh, the yeah. guy in 03, or wasn't it 03? Uh, no, I think it was like 98 on that R album. All right, so 98, the Aaliyah thing is still there. Mm -hmm. And everyone in the music industry knows, possibly Kelly's creepy and a at a maximum a pedophile. Yep. He still worked with the guy. And then by the time, let me ask you a question. Did Celine Dion pull the song in 03? Right. After he's up on 27 counts of child Not pornography? Exactly. Okay, so like, I, I don't know. Like, that's my one big problem. Mm -hmm. It's not a big ask to speak out against R. Kelly. I understood to a certain level, and I, I and again, we're just being real. I understood why certain people, it doesn't make them good people, in fact, they're bad people, but why some didn't want to speak out against Harvey Weinstein, right? Oh, yes. There was a lot of bread getting buttered there. Oh, now, yeah. it doesn't make them right, but we're being real. Mm -hmm. There's no money to be made off R. R Kelly here. Mm -hmm. So this documentary comes out, and you reach out to Jay-Z. What's the opportunity cost for Jay-Z to go, yeah, I fucked up, I worked with the guy, but he's scumbag, and uh, we're done with that. I stand with the victims. Mm -hmm. What's the opportunity cost? Right. There is none. No offense to John Legend, but who the fuck is John Legend to come out and talk about R. Kelly? Well, I don't even know you, man. But John Legend speaks out on everything. Right, but you get my point. Yes, wait, like, the phone to ring. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, you need me to come down and beg R. Kelly? Yeah, yeah okay. I'll be down in 15. <laughs> I just don't understand how you end up with John Legend. Yeah. Like, you, you read the list of people that he worked with. And outside of Michael Jackson and Whitney, who are both dead, I'm pretty sure everyone's got availability on their schedule. Yes. They could talk out against R. Kelly. So what's the cost? I mean, you had Chance the Rapper who worked with the guy a couple years ago, and he came out and he said, look, I made a mistake. I screwed up. I feel awful about it. It was a horrible mistake, and I wish I could take it back. You know what? Hell, 
even though it was stupid of you to work with the guy anyways, because by 15, I think everybody knows he's a scumbag, mm-hmm. at least he came out and said it, right? Did it on video. Yeah. It wasn't some breathless tweet. But, like, dude, where is everybody else? See, but people also have to understand the power of of, of being famous and being out there, because where's Chance the Rapper from? He's from Chicago. So it's probably a dream come true to him to work with a guy, a legend, from Chicago. I'll tell you the other aspect that they cover in this, and I want to be quick about it because we, I could I could talk about this for four hours. The racial aspect of this is, I think it's absolutely true. Hmm. If R. Kelly, as a black man, were preying on young white girls. Oh, yeah. If Aaliyah was a young white child. I'll forget her. This is game over. Mm-hmm. But this, I, I and there are people far uh, more versed than I, far more intelligent than I, who comment in the documentary about this. But this idea that the most disrespected and least valued person is a black woman in our society. That's so these true. were young, young, vulnerable black women. Yep. And he preyed on them. And he consistently preyed on them. And our society didn't value it. Look, think about that video. With a 14-year-old young white girl. You know, think about all the stuff. A sex cult, but they're all young black women. Mm-hmm. This whole idea, they cover it. And I don't want to spoil it because I really do. I, p- people, it's an unbelievable watch. Yes, it's deeper. And yes, it's emotionally taxing than your Game of Thrones episode. But this is good shit. And it really is remarkable. I'm not sure how I can... I don't know. I listened to R. Kelly's music for years. Same here. And in the mid two thousands, I'm guilty as charged. Like oh five oh six, he was hot. Yep. I've I just I don't know. I guess the the trial went away. Like his lawyers won because they delayed it for six years. And in the midst yep. of it, you're going. Well, the dude's dropping the hottest album in America. I guess he beat the rap. Mm-hmm. You got to come away your own way here. You've got to feel however you want to feel. But I'll tell you, it makes it damn near impossible. To ever even view this guy. And like I, I think it was Ebro in the morning in New York who hosts a, a very popular radio show with Peter Rosenberg. And it, look, I think Ebro took some heat for this because he said, look, I'm separating the art from the person. And, and I'm not going to come down on Ebro for that. That's a personal decision. I don't know how you can. It's tough. Dude, Man. the depths of this man's depravity. Well, that's what Spotify is remarkable. That's what Spotify is saying. They, they stated, we don't censor content because of an artist or creator's behavior. But we want our editorial decisions, what we choose to program to reflect our values. No, see, that's horseshit. And let me tell you why. I have a major problem with the thoughts and prayers society that we have. People run to social media to show everybody how woke they are. Thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. That doesn't do shit for anybody. You're grandstanding. I view what these music companies are doing as grandstanding. Hey, we're not going to pull the music. Because, fuck it, it's still popular. (laughs) But we're not going to put him on curated playlists. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to ever hear an R. Kelly song when you type in music to have sex to playlist. Mm -hmm. Right? That's bullshit. That's a half measure. You can't be half wet. You're in the pool or you're on the deck chair. So I view what Spotify and Apple Music and all these companies are doing as the thoughts and prayers society. It's the same shit that happens when we go through a mass shooting. Mm -hmm. Let's cut it with the thoughts and prayers and let's get action. Yes. I don't want to hear thoughts and prayers anymore. Yes. So I I just, pardon me if I'm a little bit triggered by that. I get very annoyed. They want all the credit publicly when really they're not doing shit. Mm -hmm. Well, the last thing I want to say about it is like we were talking about, we have a big problem in society and, and R. Kelly's lawyers are going to play this up all day, too, that that society sees these young black women as all they see them as opportunists, 
you know, they star. Wanna get, they want to get out of the hood. Star so they're efforts, trying to do whatever they motivated can. Motivated by fame, money, whatever it may be. Yep. And I just, I, I think that's very wrong. <laughs> that's, uh, that's watching awful. this can awful. will turn your entire perception. And guess what? I like stuff. Very few television programs make you think. This is one that makes you think. It's why we talked about it. So there it is. All right. Well, I want to take a moment to tell you guys about our good friends over at Copper Craft Distillery on the west side of the state, Holland, Michigan. Great, great products, guys. If you haven't checked them out yet, make sure you swing by your local liquor store or your local grocery store and pick up some Copper Craft, whether it's their bourbon, whether it's their whiskey, whether it's their vodka. They have gin as well. I'm sure Wojo will love that. They have great gin. I've had it before. And all their products, the cool thing, I get a lot of comments about this. Beautiful bottles that they come in. Great presentation, and it's worth checking out. It's a local product, really, really good. They've won some awards, too. The USA Spirit Awards 2018. Their straight bourbon whiskey won Best Quality Product. Also, Michigan Bourbon Distillery of the Year. They've been killing it. Check them out. That's Copper Craft Distillery. I've toured the distillery before. Trust me, they do a great job. And it's nothing but quality. Coppercraft Distillery. And of course, online, coppercraftdistillery.com. All right. So, and obviously, it's not something we talk a whole lot about. But every year, we have a tradition. So, for the Sunday show, Game Day Uncensored, if you're not from Detroit, you have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. But for the Sunday show, Sully and Kyle Bogey work with me, and we do the show. Now, it's a hell of a lot of extra work. So what I do is every year at the end of the year, because I don't think these two are paid appropriately by this company, um, I kind of offer them a Christmas bonus that if we have a good year, we get the show done right, and they do their jobs. I'm not going to go into every job duty they have. I take them to Vegas, and we go over a football weekend together, and we go over a good time. And divisional weekend, is it's become that weekend. I think that's fair. Now, why do I bring this up? No, I don't have some unbelievably salacious thing. Like, truly, Vegas for me now at this stage in my life is simple. It's... Really, really good food, gambling, and sitting in the sports book all day, and then trying to fight sleep. Oh, Roberto, never going outside, never seeing a pool. We don't go out. We honestly don't go outside. Well, there's no pools in in January. It's cold. It's only 55 degrees. You're not going to swim. No, I didn't go outside for three days. Like, look, I don't gamble here. I just don't. Like, I left all that behind in my mid 20s. I don't bet on sports here. So it's yeah. It's it's like the lion comes out of the cage, and it's two days. Of just betting pandemonium. Now, why is this important? A, the good stories we have come from the sports book and watching people turn into absolute <laughs> maniacs. Like, here's here's the premise of this. I love picking games that I don't have money on. It's fun to talk games and find an angle and do your thing, right? But I have always said to you, I can't possibly do this in my real, regular life because I would be driven to insanity. And sitting there for two days, here's what you come away with with sports betting. The more you bet on sports, the less you actually know about sports. Because I walked away from Divisional Weekend going, wow, I don't know shit about shit. I mean, you go in and you go, hey, I kind of like the Colts in this game. They got absolutely bludgeoned to death. Andrew Luck plays like shit. The offense plays like shit. The defense plays like shit. They blow every opportunity they have to do anything. And you go, oh, my God. That money just evaporated. All right, well, hey, I like the Cowboys getting a touchdown. No problem. Rams, bloodbath. <laughs> I go, okay, bad first day. Then, then here it gets, here it gets worse. I stuck with my, my viewpoint because I, I said, you know, I feel like I'm walking into a buzzsaw, but I love the Chargers. I'm doing it. 
Game was over in 10 minutes. Literally, Belichick was resting his nutsack on my head 10 minutes into that game. <laughs> then I go, Saints, Will mm-hmm. Lutz. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know he's a person, and he has feelings, and I, I he's probably a great man. But with all sincerity, fuck you. That field goal, I'm giving seven and a half. It's 20 to 14. Hits the field goal. We all go home happy. Nope. Didn't happen. <laughs> luckily, luckily, I killed it in the NBA, and I hammered Michigan State against Penn State, and I, I did real well at blackjack. Otherwise, the weekend would have been a debacle. Why is any of this relevant? Because as I sat there with my blood boiling and my blood pressure rising, and I really started going, man, this is why you don't do this in Detroit. This is not good for you. It was also about watching others. And Sully, I have to let you tell it because it's a lot like when you do the old man voice (laughs) on the show. It It was hilarious. Sully's version of this story set the scene for it. And no, no, Roberto, I promise you, it's the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard because... This behavior is what sports betting does to people. Like, I literally just blurted out, fuck you to a television screen at Will Lutz. (laughs) That's not healthy. It's not appropriate. It's not right. I'm sure Will Lutz is a great guy. But, Sully, tell the, set the scene for this well, story. Well, let me set the scene by saying the funny part about this, too, is that, Mike, you were upset with the game, and you had took a walk, basically. So I you, needed time. You weren't, you weren't even here for this. But what happened was it was myself, Kyle, our friend Brian, who lives in Vegas. We were on the couch, and it was the Colts game. Towards the end of the game, this was, you know, the game was pretty much out of hand, right? Yep. But the, the point is it got to a certain level where clearly this guy had a bet on a point total, or he had a bet on the second half with the Colts, whatever. Over, under, right. <laughs> so the Colts are driving a little bit, and, and long story short, they turn the ball over. They don't cash in at all. And this guy's sitting on the couch next to us. He's a shorter guy, clearly was just wasted. Clearly had so much to drink. And this guy proceeds to get up off the couch, <laughs> run up to the TVs with two middle fingers, and I mean screaming at the top of his lungs, Fuck you! <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> Just screaming. <laughs> screaming. Does the whole tell him, like, sir? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. No one did. No, no one's doing that. That's appropriate. Yeah. Like, that's literally that's the allowed. behavior you see in a Vegas sports book <laughs> on a big gambling weekend. That's great. <laughs> At the top of his lungs, just runs up, to, uh, pointing to the TVs with double-fisted middle oh, fingers. Nah. Fuck you! <laughs> Fuck you! It's like, like they can hear him. <laughs> we're just cracking up. And then the best part about it was somehow the Colts got the ball back, whatever, and they had a chance to do it again to hit the over. And again, the Colts basically, I think they failed on first fourth down, turn the ball over again, and the second time in about 10 minutes, the guy gets up, throws his chair, (laughs) walks up to this, and then just running up to the screens, running up to these huge TVs, obviously, you know how Sportsbook is, running up to these huge TVs, double fisting, fuck you, fuck you, (laughs) screaming it, screaming. But how do people bet on sports on a daily basis? I don't understand. This is why you shouldn't. He just lost his mind. David, we all lost our mind. Oh. I'm sitting there thinking about ways I want to throw Will Lutz down a flight of stairs. <laughs> Here's the worst part. You know what my answer was to getting, I took a, a hatchet to my spine in the NFL. You know what my answer was when I took a walk? I was so upset at the Colt game. More gambling. I went to the, I went to play blackjack. <laughs> That's the won, answer. I won back the money I lost on the Colts, only to do what with it? 
Put it on the Cowboys. <laughs> Money <laughs> evaporated. Sully, we went and played blackjack late night. Yes. Won it all back. What was my answer? Here, I'm going to let Bill Belichick like yeah, this let's on not fire. Walk away. No. <laughs> No, and then the best part is, all right, well, you know, the football's going bad. Oh, look, we got the Kings on a back-to-back. We'll bet the NBA. Let's party. Now, luckily, like I said, no, Roberto, I'm serious now. Sully can vouch for this. The NFL destroyed me. Blackjack and basketball brought me back. You should have just stayed with blackjack and basketball. Your Spartans Spartans helped, of course. Spartans helped. Wolverines helped. We Mm. had a couple of totals we Mm. liked. A sickness. But here's the thing, Mike. I know you obviously get pissed never to a fact where you're double-fisting, no finger TV. Hey, let me just say this. Don't be a smart-ass people. That guy wasn't me. I didn't run up to a big screen. (laughs) This guy was was wasted, too. But, Mike, here's the thing. I think that you do it, and I've never talked to you about this, but I think that you do it in terms of your frustration with sports betting in a different type of way. I think it's extreme, but here's what I mean by that. Let me hear. When you bet a game... Not all the time, but there are times throughout the game. You're a smart guy, so I know you know better. But there's times throughout the game there will be a clear penalty on that team. Oh yeah, and, you, and you're always like, "What? That's there's no way that's a penalty. <laughs> He's not even touching him." And I'm sitting there, I'm like, "Well, yeah, that by the book, that's past experience. Guilty as but charged." When you, when you bet on a game, you get irrational from the standpoint of you don't necessarily scream like that. No, but you. I, I like I know you. I know you don't think that way. I know you don't think that's a penalty, but How you say it's one? a penalty. How about this one? You're sitting next to me, and you've come out to March Madness with me for years now. You've come out to, to this was our third annual Game Day Uncensored trip, right? We have watched hundreds of games together by now. How how much fun is this? And by fun, I mean maddening. I'll sit there and I'll go, Mikey, what do you think they're calling here? And we have a conversation. I go, here's what I think is going to happen. And... They go with something absolutely absurd. It blows up in our face. Like, fourth and inches. Cube, just sneak the damn ball. No, we're going to throw 50 yards downfield. That's when I go nuts. That's when I'm just like, what the hell are these guys doing out here? But, man, the behavior you see there. Oh, during a Florida State-Duke game, you had these drunk guys doing the Florida State chant. You got people running around with Big Dick Nick t-shirts. Oh, that was great. Sully was pumped up. (laughs) It was. This was funny, though, and this is where Sully, you you handled it well. But I saw the air. Like, Sully got so puffed up at 14-0 Eagles. Oh, it was great. I mean, he was just like, Big Dick Nick is my hero. This is unbelievable. I'm, s- I'm sitting there pissed. I'm going, I hate this goddamn guy. Oh, man. But then, here come the Saints. And with every moment, <laughs> I saw Sully's soul leave his body during that 11-minute drive. Turn you actually saw Mike turn into like a walker. He went from Sully, intense, excited, having a few cocktails. Next thing you know, he's me. 11 minutes. <laughs> He was. Sully's passing off drinks, going, I don't want a cocktail. He's Sully goes for a mid-game blackjack session, which I assume didn't go well, because when he came back, his whole complexion a was A mid-game? Oh, he was really upset. Oh, yeah. When I, needed, when I say I got to go take a walk from watching a game, that's not me going outside and looking at the sky. No, I'm going to end up at a table. But it, it's... I just, for those of you that sports bet on the regular, you are a special group because this is why I don't do it here. I go to Vegas a couple times a year. I I scratch the itch. And when I'm leaving, I'll look at Sully or Bogey or if it's my wife, I'll go, this is why I don't do this shit. (laughs) But it it changes you too. Like, for instance, with that Eagles game, I I had bet on the Eagles, obviously, but I'm watching that game and that asshole Sean Payton going for it on fourth down, faking punts. 
I'd normally love that shit. I would love it. It'd be like, oh, I love the aggressiveness. You do, you do. This is great. Play, just, just go play to win. That motherfucker doing that <laughs> shit in that game. <laughs> Faking a goddamn pun in, in your own no. territory. What the part, fuck was he doing? Oh, the best no. part, we're all sitting there. I'm bitching that they're going to punt the ball. Sully's like, all right, all right. Fly, Eagles, fly. He faced Case the milk. punt. I, I mean, I basically got a boner. It was unbelievable. <laughs> that, that possession, just super risky shit. That asshole. Me, great call. You, great me, call. Let me ask you about the sickness, though, because you mentioned the, the sickness sure. of this whole thing. You guys believe that you're smart enough to pick these games, and because of that, you believe that your odds are better. I don't know what stops you guys from like going to the party store every day and, and playing scratch offs. I mean, I don't know. It seems like I, mean, I don't get the mentality. That's I don't. Why I don't do that, and I don't gamble. I don't yet. need the stress. Like, like I don't know, dude. It's you go, and I've done really well on some trips. I've done really bad. There's no way to beat Vegas. Like I love the people who talk. They talk big shit. Like they can beat Vegas. Right. Like, you know, you'll always leaving. find you, a way. You oh, lost yeah. some money, but you had a good time. Well, no, exactly. And like I got to come home damn near even this trip. That's that's mm -hmm. a win, dude. And when I say that's even, a big win. you, you got to factor in dinners. I'm mm -hmm. coming home. Even mm -hmm. that's a fucking huge win. But like, I love the guys, and they'll always do it. They'll they'll, they'll take a text into the show when we do our picks and say, "Oh yeah, well, bro, I I did this." Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. If it's so easy, why are you working texting me? You know what I mean? <laughs> like when you go to Vegas, you're going to have fun. Yeah, you can't view this like, look, man. Yes, I think I know a hell of a lot about sports. Yes, I think I know more than the average fan. Guess what? The average fan walked into Vegas this week and said. Oh, wow. The Chiefs are good. They got that good quarterback. Fuck it. Bet them. Boom. Winner. Yep. Oh, the Patriots. I don't ever bet against the Patriots, even though <laughs> they were the inferior team. Fuck it. W. Oh, the Rams are good. They got that coach with the sexy stubble. Here. Fuck it. Later points. W. Like, oh, the Eagles. Big Dick Nick. Mm -hmm. uh, win. Right. Every yep. every dickhead who went to Vegas and just did the dumb thing won this weekend. Yep. It, right. Because it's what like happened? It's you do the opposite. Right. What happened the weekend before, though? Every underdog did the business. Yes. So you knew Vegas was going to get their money back. I was dumb enough to bet into it. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing. Like, dude, you're sitting there, and, like, I'm looking at basketball games, Roberto, and I'm looking, all right, who's back-to-back? -back? Who's on getaway day on a road trip? You know what? What's the number? What's the spread? Like basketball, I, I don't know. I do. I do well with basketball. But March is always very good for me. It's remarkable. They always find a way to, to even up. I'll be up big on blackjack every single time, methodically. Last day I'm there, just Butchered. get killed. Yeah, you never, Mike. Even if you leave up on a trip, you're leaving down the next time. Yeah, you don't beat them. I don't believe people who say they beat them. It's all and about. If, it's all about going on those runs and capitalizing. If on those people runs. beat Vegas sports betting, let me tell you something. They don't talk about it. Well, the person that thinks they could beat Vegas is the equivalent of someone saying, oh, I'm good. I can actually make the Browns win. I think I can go there and coach them to a Super Bowl. I just always, Same with the Lions. I always love it, too, is like you just see the emotional swings table by table for everybody in the sports book, and like you, you don't even have to ask who the fuck they no. bet on. Like if, if you were on the Chargers, your table was like asking for morphine and a round of cocktails. <laughs> if they, if you were on the Patriots, it was, the, it was the equivalent of like lap dances floating through the air. I mean, it was just... <laughs> It, the sports book, even if you don't bet on sports, if, you, if you've never gone to Vegas or if you go but you don't care, just walk into a sports book when a big game is on and people watch. That's where it gets it can get tense, too. Like, if you have some pe people freaking out and cheering over yeah. a great play that helped them, but then the other person's pissed as fuck yeah. that it, it didn't help well, them. Well, you know who I feel bad for above all? <laughs> I feel bad for the servers. 
These these waitresses are going around, they're busting their ass. You know how hard it is to weave your way through this sea of degenerates and sweat and body odor and lost money that people probably can't afford? Like, the waitress will come up to a table asking you, hey, can I get you anything? And let's say it's a bunch of guys and the game's not going right. And it's yeah. like, don't take it out on her. She had nothing to do with this. She, she didn't blame Anthony Lynn. Don't blame her. <laughs> but she also has the opposite table where guys are up big and handing her $100 bills. You know, mm-hmm. right. Right. Very true. But like when right. she, I remember one time she came up to our table and it, 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 like it, it wasn't going good for any of us. It, the, the Patriots were just ending our life. And I'm just like, yeah, I'll, I'll have another drink. Bogey couldn't even uh, utter a word. Sully's looking at the floor. Like, it's just, it was, you would have thought all three of us had just lost our job in synchronized fashion. Like, we all checked our phone and our email. Email, email, and email. all just read that our, we lost our job, our, our wives, or in, in their case, girlfriends, had all left us. Oh, and, and your home just got burglarized. Like, it was I was just it, it, in, in in retrospect you look back and you're like my god this is it's mental torture. What's more extreme to you when it's an ultimate high at a sports book when you're killing it or when it's just one of those ultimate lows? Oh, the lows. There's two totally different emotions. Oh, the lows. When you just realize you don't know shit about sports. <laughs> like, honestly, doesn't matter how much you watch, how much you do, who you talk to, what you know, what trends you got, what what history's on your side against you, whatever it may be. Shit will happen in games. Doesn't fucking matter. Look at it. There were a group of dudes behind us with Florida State money line against Duke. Zion gets his eye poked out, misses the whole second half. Florida State is up by two with like a second to go. They got money line. They don't have the seven and a half. Duke hits a buzzer beater. Makes no goddamn sense. They did it. But that happens. That's what gets me too. Every time I go to Vegas, how close these damn spreads are. Oh, here. Oh, you mean time? Oh, you mean like Trailblazers second half? Here, I, I give you a good one. So. Basketball was great except for this one. Trailblazers are at the Nuggets. They're getting five points for the game. Mm-hmm. But I was waiting for the Saints game to end because I, I, I really wanted to see how it went. I didn't feel like having more outlay. I was in a positive position after battling at Blackjack and some other basketball games. What's the max amount of games on at one given time? Uh, 70. <laughs> Tons. Plus, you hor- see March plus, Madness? plus horse, oh, yeah. horse racing on the other side. <laughs> I dabbled in Aqueduct a little bit. <laughs> Here's the point. Trailblazers second half. They go into the half up two. They're getting two and a half in the second half. So that just means got to lose the game by two or less. I thought the Blazers were going to win the damn game anyways. I like Blazers plus five. We put a nice bet on Blazers second half. They're down 116-113 with three seconds to go. (laughs) Now what's the rule? You foul. Mm-hmm. If you're a coach who likes math, you foul. You don't let Damian Lillard rise up and potentially hit a game-tying three. You foul him, send him to the line. We're going to go ahead and make the first, miss the second, 116-114. We're getting two and a half W's for all. Let's eat a W. They don't fucking foul. Oh. They don't foul. Lillard throws up a prayer. Game over. And and you're, it's like it's like yep. Mikey says, you're, you need to lose by... Less than th- you need to lose by two, you lose by three. What was the other one? It was uh, Baylor and who? It was Kansas and Baylor. Baylor's getting four and a half for the game. They lose by oh, yeah. five, <laughs> and a guy misses both free throws with like ten seconds to go to just get down by three. See, that's the difference so when you're in Vegas. I'm watching that game at home. I don't even think about that. I'm just watching the close game. Here's you watch the Vegas. You watch com- it differently. Completely you, different. You watch it in a different Here's way. Here's the lesson. I have self-control that I don't do this shit here because when I'm there, I'm a maniac. I don't know. Everybody, live your best life. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. I don't care. You want to gamble every day. It's your business. I'm just telling why, you. Why are you staring at Sully while you're saying this? <laughs> no, 
no, no, no. Oh, no, no. I did. I did not no. cash. I really didn't cash one sports ticket Sully, all weekend. I was Sully doing well in blackjack, ride. then I just got killed the last I night. Heard another it, guy with you had a rough ride too. Bogey got murdered. Yeah, that's what I heard too. Everything. That's what I heard. Everything like this piece of paper right here. He was mush. If Bogey touched this piece of paper, it turned into dog shit. <laughs> in your hand, dog turd. Oh, Bogey was absolute poison. Was, and then the one the thing like you didn't even want him standing around you anymore. <laughs> well, no, the best part is he didn't get in on any of the wagers I crushed. But he had all the ideas in the world uh -huh. on shit I didn't bet. Now, to, now, football, we were all together. We got murdered. Here's the best one. Ha, Mikey, this is the best part. This is the other thing that sports books turn you into. We, you all turn into, like, just whiny bitches. Bogey sat there for three hours. And we had to listen about all the different laments and reasons he loved the Pistons to beat the Clippers. He didn't want the points. Blake's returning. They're going to beat the Clip joint. Yeah. Oh, my God. I I loved it all week. I didn't bet it. Oh, ten yeah. minutes later. Look at this. Look at this. They're going to win by ten. I mean, by the end of it, I wanted to hand him a couple hundred bucks and go, just shut the fuck up here. You bet it. You win, okay? Oh. Leave me alone. But then he started blaming you. He, go, he goes, Mike, I wish you would have told me about these other bets you were playing. I told everybody. <laughs> I would... You, you two were sleeping. I was down there to go get the first race at Aqueduct. Wow. I go, fellas, this is what I like today. You know what I got back? Crickets. I got back nothing. You two were face down on your pillow. We were. So I made some bets. You guys come down. I always offer you guys. Do you want to buy into my bet? Now I'm listening to Bogey Bitch. He didn't bet Michigan State in the first half for Michigan State for the game against Penn State. He didn't bet Michigan laying the points. Like, I, I these were the picks. The, the one college game I screwed up was I like Texas at home, given one to Texas Tech. You see number eight on mm -hmm. the road, the unranked Texas, mm -hmm. and Texas is favored. Yep. Yeah, go figure. I I I I got no. He got he got killed. I got killed the last day. Luckily, Mike, you did generously treated us to a fantastic dinner on the last night. But that at least was a little silver lining. I take all. you on the trip, and I try to do as much as possible. Unless I'm just getting butchered, then certain things are going to have to be taken <laughs> off the board here. Yeah. Instead of buying both dinners, I'll buy one. But no, I mean, oh, dude, it was great. We do it right. Like, you, guys, hey, you guys like In and Out? Or <laughs> hey, fellas. Yeah, no, fellas. Don't, you, don't sell it short. We had, we had a fantastic dinner. No, I, I do it right. Ton of football, bad behavior, <laughs> cursing at TV, a lot of drinks, losing money, oh, losing your mortgage, your house is gone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I love. Nothing's better too when you see guys betting and like bogey's depression eating. The guy's like a vegan by day, but out there he's like man. banging pizza. Give down. me, the, give oh, me yeah. the loaded tie. Oh. <laughs> Twenty minutes yeah. later, you see the Washington like either like whatever it may be. You see like the Washington Wizards not cover. I'll take the Buffalo wrap. <laughs> like today Bogey. he'll come in with some like soy bullshit. Yeah, Bogey, where were you gonna tape Kale one? salad, dude. We had it, it was the uh, last night we were there. Remember, Mike, the first night we had dinner at a, at a nice steakhouse, very very good. Kyle got here's the thing. I didn't even tell you this. Kyle got leftovers from that steakhouse, and then two nights later, wasn't even refrigerated. I go in the room and he was, had had some drinks. He's getting drunk, <gasps> and he's. He's with his hands eating the steak. And I said, Kyle, I said, Kyle, there's no way that no. that's good, is it? And he goes, he goes, well, I'll tell you in one second. And he takes a bite and he goes, no, no, that's not good. Oh. <laughs> that's and that's where we leave this. But yes, the lesson to all sports betting is the road to insanity. Be careful with it. The more you know. Yeah. 
Winter's here, and that means energy bills are rising. You can reduce your power bill with help from Power Home Solar, the number one residential solar provider in Michigan and one of the top solar installation companies in the entire USA. Power Homes installs American-made panels with a 30-year warranty. It allows you to own your power, not just continually rent it from a power company. As an official partner of the Detroit Lions, the company installed solar panels at Ford Field and the Allen Park facility earlier this year and seeks to continue building a movement towards cleaner, greener energy by seeing if solar is right for your home. Go to powerhome.com. That's powerhome.com. Or you can give them a call, 1-800-SOLAR-15. That's 1-800-SOLAR-15 to schedule your free solar consultation today. Don't rent your power. Own it with help from Powerhome. Thanks for listening. As always, be sure we would really appreciate it if you go to Radio.com or iTunes, subscribe, review it, rate it, and pass it on. And again, with your support, we'll try to get to two a week and uh, keep the train rolling. We'll talk to you next week.